You know, if you're following our Pray, So Grow plan, you should be in the So section of the book and are beginning to look for opportunities to share the great news of Jesus. And by the way, the news of Jesus is great, great news. It's important that the church as a body have a kingdom mindset and a kingdom focus. And by that, I mean we need to recognize that everything God does in our lives and in this world is for the end purpose of redeeming a fallen human race. Now make no mistake about it, God wants every single person who has ever been born to enter His kingdom. Now that's not going to happen, but that is nonetheless the heart of God. God loved mankind so much that He would make the ultimate sacrifice to offer forgiveness to man and eternal life in His kingdom. We know that God's ultimate sacrifice was the unjust suffering and death of His only begotten Son, Jesus, on the cross. And that's why there is no other way into heaven. Because in Christ Jesus, the most supreme sacrifice of all was made. Nothing could match the sacrifice of Jesus. All the blood of, of the animals in the world shed could not match the sacrifice of Jesus. The combined suffering of man throughout all the ages could not match the suffering of Jesus during the hours of His crucifixion. On the cross, Jesus suffered and sacrificed His own life for our lives. He was the sinless Son of God, yet He died for our sins out of His great love for us. No one on earth can ever say they're not loved. If you ever feel that way, folks, that's just a trick of the devil. That's deceit, deceit of the devil because you are loved. You are greatly loved. No one has ever loved you like Jesus loves you. And the cross stands forever as a symbol of His love for you. God, that cross means God loves you more than anything, more than everything. Now let me tell you what that means personally to you. It means that you are His pearl of great price. You are the apple of His eye. You are so loved that He will never betray you. He will never forsake you. He is always there for you. Paul said, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? Well, do you know what God wants to freely give you more than anything else? Eternal life in His kingdom. There's more to, there's more to life than, what, than these feeble years, this century or less we live in this body of flesh and blood. There's far more than what we experience here on this earth. There is an eternity that waits for us. And God does not want anyone to spend that eternity in hell paying for their sin. That's why He made the way into His kingdom, so that whosoever would believe in Jesus would not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. The gospel I preach, I've preached it for a long time. The gospel which I believe, which I've spent my life declaring. The gospel of the kingdom, the good news that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead to give us life with Him in His kingdom forever. And that message is not just a message that was written down in the Bible long ago for us to read. It is a message to be shared by every person who has received the love and forgiveness of a holy God and now has a place in His kingdom. We've been called for one purpose. And that purpose is to bring as many people 
the message of eternal life as we could possibly bring. That's our holy calling, to tell this dark, evil world that Jesus is alive. Listen, Calvary Baptist Church, that's your one calling. That's why God planted the church in Wilmington a long time ago, in 1886. Because God's purpose was for us to reach our world. He planted us here to reach our world. And that's our holy calling. And that calling has not changed. We need to let our world know that the death of Jesus meant something. That His blood has washed away our sins and can wash their sins away. That He lives today in our hearts and He wants to live in their hearts. And if I believe that, then I need to share that good news with the world where God has planted me. You know, I guess if I had one verse that I could claim as my own, it would be Romans 1.16. If, if I could have one verse, I love the Word of God and I have a whole lot of verses I love, but here... Here's what Paul said. He said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek or the Gentile. Now can you really say that? If you profess to have truly been saved by the grace of God, washed in the blood of Jesus, can you truly say right now that you are not ashamed of that gospel and you are not ashamed to tell others the truth of life in God's kingdom through Jesus Christ. That's why I wrote Pray So Grow. That's why I hope you're fulfilling that commitment you made to do it every day. Because I believe the same Jesus who called Peter, James, and John, and Paul has called me and he's called you to take his message to our world. It's a kingdom call that's issued to every believer, a call I see in the story that we're going to look at today in Matthew chapter 13, the story of a sower and seeds. And in this story, Jesus shows us His part and our part in sowing kingdom seeds. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 13. Let's look at these verses as we continue our study in Pray, So Grow, Kingdom Sowing. And would you stand with me as we honor the reading of God's precious Word? If you're willing and able to stand, let's... Stand together as I read this passage to you. Matthew chapter 13, I'll just read a few verses to start with. On that same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and he sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore and he used that boat as a floating pulpit. And he began to teach, and he spoke many things to them in parables, and this is one of them, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. And some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorny, among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundredfold, a hundred times what was sown. Some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Now, may we have ears to hear. May our hearts be open to what your Holy Spirit wants to say to each of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Now, as I said, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, the kingdom of heaven has been opened to you, to me, to everyone who would hear the gospel and believe. Jesus said, I am Let's read it together. Ready? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father in His kingdom except through me. Life in God's kingdom 
is available to everyone, but only those who put their faith and trust in Jesus can enter it. We're not going to get there because we think we've done some good thing. You can't take any good in your life and try to put it in God's scales and say, well, here's my good and weigh it against here's my bad. The bad's going to outweigh the, the, bad's going to outweigh the good every time. We can't, get to, we can't get into the kingdom by trying to do enough good to make us good enough for God. It just won't work that way. For one sin is so horrible in the sight of God, unless it is forgiven, it will keep you out of heaven. One sin. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, it was so horrible. His suffering paid for all of your sins, all of them, forever, so that you can be forgiven for every sin. Only those who put their faith and trust in that message, message of salvation through Jesus, can enter the kingdom of heaven. The message of kingdom then must be shared. It must be sown for people to hear it and receive it. And that's what Jesus taught us in Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 through 3. On that same day, Jesus went out of the house. He was Obviously in a house. He had been teaching in a house. He went out of the house. He sat by the sea, the Sea of Galilee. And a great, and great multitudes, thousands and thousands of people, were gathered together on the beach to hear him. So many people that he got into a boat to give himself a little space. So to make more room for others to come. And he got in the boat and he had them move him out away from the land a little bit. And he taught and he spoke many things to them. And what did he say? Would you read the last little line with me? Ready? Go. Behold, a sower went out to sow. Behold, a sower went out to sow. You know, when the Pharisees, when they told their parables, and they often did, a parable is a story like a, Kind of a, a story that you would see in the lives of people that would have a spiritual truth, you know. And when the Pharisees told their stories, uh, their parables, they talked about royal families and courts. And, but when Jesus talked to the people, multitudes, and told his stories, the parables, he told ordinary people about life as they knew it. And agriculture was something they all knew. They depended upon sowing and growing for survival. So when Jesus said a sower went out to sow, everybody there on the beach understood exactly what Jesus was talking about. They understood. They saw sowers all the time. They probably themselves had sown because they had to in order to have food. What Jesus did was show them how His kingdom also involved sowing and growing, something they knew about. So Jesus used an earthly example to teach them a heavenly truth. And when we're looking at this today, I want us to answer two questions. Number one, two kingdom questions. Number one, who is the sower? And number two, what is being sown? Now we're going to answer those questions as we get into this parable. So let's deal with the first question, who is the sower? The sower. Notice that of all the things Jesus could have told us about His kingdom, and I'm sure we have questions about, God, what's your kingdom like? But Jesus talked, He started with sowing, sowing. And that's our kingdom principle. You know, the, a sower went out to sow. What is our kingdom principle? Let's go. The kingdom starts with what? The sower. The sower. A sower, what does the sower do? He sows. And without sowing, he's not a sower. Now, I, I, that's just a logical assertion here. My, with my limited intellect, I think I can understand something. A baker, what does he do? Bakes. A singer, what does he do? Sings. So what does a sower do? He sows. And if he's not sowing, then he's not a sower. Now that's just kind of simple. That's elementary. That title, sower, depicts not so much 
who he is as what he does. Uh, let, me, let me illustrate. Would you call someone a teacher who has never taught anyone nor is presently teaching? Would you call that person a teacher? I don't think so. Jesus said, a sower went out to sow. Now, if that man were not sowing, Jesus would have called him something different. In other parables, Jesus identified people as king, wealthy landowner, merchant buying pearls, a woman looking for a valuable coin. But here Jesus is talking about a sower who was sowing. And what was he sowing, by the way? Seeds. As he walked, he threw seeds all around him. On the footpath, he sowed seeds. Among the thorns, he sowed seeds. Where there were a lot of rocks, he sowed seeds. On good ground, he sowed seeds. He cast the same seed everywhere. He did not take a soil sample and send it to the lab for analysis. He did not take a survey to see where others were sowing with results. The sower simply walked through the field, chose a handful of seeds, and threw those seeds onto the ground around him. Everywhere he went, every place he traveled through the field, he did one thing. What did he do? Sowed. He sowed. He threw seeds every where? And by the way, the method the man used was also important. Because, you know, I, I, has anybody ever done any gardening in here? In fact, sure, a lot of you. And, you know, like when you plant corn, what do you usually do? You, I mean, if you're just like a small farmer like I would be, you just go, I, you know, I learned to just to poke a hole in the ground, drop a corn, a kernel of corn in. But that's not what this man did with all these seeds. He, he used broadcast seeding. He took and he broadcast. He took his hand in a bag and he threw it out. When I was a boy, my dad brought home a... He was sowing grass seed in a yard and he brought home a broadcast spreader. Anybody ever seen one of those old ones with the crank? You know what I'm talking about? And, he, and, he, and it was an old one. You wore it around your, your neck and he poured seeds in there, and I thought it was pretty fascinating. He let me do it. You know, I, I took and I had an old, it was an old wooden crank, and I cranked that thing out, and that wheel under there began to turn, and those seeds, where do you think those seeds went? Everywhere. I mean everywhere. Those seeds were everywhere. And that was broadcast spreading, and that, and that is exactly what this man was doing in that field, not with a machine, but with his hand. The man practiced throwing. He threw handfuls of seed everywhere he walked, hoping that most of the seeds he planted would take root, grow, and produce a harvest. Let's get to the second question for a minute. So what are the seeds? What seeds were being sown in the field? I mean, were they barley seeds? Were they wheat seeds? What kind of seeds did the sower sow? Well, Jesus didn't tell us the kind but what we do know is that the same seeds were sown everywhere on different types of ground. Look at verses 4 through 8. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. That's the footpath. And the birds came and devoured them. And some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth. Shallow. And they immediately sprang up because they didn't have much, much depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, a hundredfold, sixty-some, thirty. So the same seeds thrown on all those different types of soil with different results. Some seeds grew quickly, some seeds grew slowly. Some produced, some did not. Notice that what the seeds produced depended a lot on the environment into which the seeds were sown. And there were four types of soil, right? 
Number one, the hard ground. Number two, the rocky ground. Number three, the thorny ground. Number four, the good ground. Four types of soil, but the same seeds, each with the same potential to grow. So the first was the hard ground. The sower walked through the field on footpaths which went through and around the field. The footpath was hard soil compacted from the steps of those who walked through the field. When seeds fell on this compacted hard ground, they were exposed to the hungry birds. Before they could grow at all, the birds came down and ate them. Jesus said some seed fell by the wayside and the birds came down and devoured them. Some seeds then next fell on rocky ground. Palestine was full of rocky ground with shallow earth just covering the rocks below it because the rocks held heat. Then it was conducive for growth. The seeds could grow, but because of the rocks, they couldn't put down deep roots. And then the seeds sprang up quickly, but they also died quickly. And then Jesus said they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. Some seeds fell among the thorns. According to Smith's Bible Dictionary, Palestine abounded in a great variety of thorns of such plants. Travelers call the Holy Land a land of thorns. Giant thistles growing to the height of a man on horseback frequently spread over regions once rich and fruitful. Sharp, thick, interwoven thorns were no place for tender plants to grow. The thorns shielded them from the light of the sun, engulfed them with their piercing grip, and at the root level deprived them of needed nutrients in the soil. So, you know, if you've ever walked through a wild field, I'm sure you have, you've probably been snagged by thorns. Well, sin brought those thorns into the world. Both the physical kind of thorns and the emotional and spiritual kinds of thorns. Have you ever been stuck by a thorn of any kind? All the pain, all the disappointment, all the troubles in the world today. They're a consequence of sin. The sower threw seeds everywhere in the field, and they all had a potential to produce a harvest. But as Jesus said, the thorns sprang up and choked them. Hard ground, rocky ground, thorny ground. Three types of soil and not one lasting bit of growth in either on either of those types of soil. We could look at the soil as being different types of people in our world with different levels of openness to the message of God's kingdom. Some people are hard-hearted, unwilling to believe in Christ at all. Is your heart like that? Is, your, is that the kind of soil you are today? You're Hard is hard. You don't even want to hear about Jesus. You don't want to believe all this stuff. Others are shallow. They hear the gospel. They make a quick profession of faith. But it doesn't last. Are you like that? You ran down the aisle one day when you got moved by God or a sermon or something, or and something happened or a crisis, and you said, hey, I'm going to follow Jesus. But it didn't last. It didn't last. Others seemingly receive the message of the kingdom, verbally making a statement of faith, ready to follow Jesus as long as they live, but then the trouble comes. The thorns grow up. A true commitment to Jesus is required. The profession of faith, though, is choked out before it can take root in the heart. You said it with your mouth, but... You didn't really mean it here. So when Satan put, let the thorns grow up in your life and they begin to stick you, you turned away from God. You didn't turn to Him. Three types of soil. Three responses to the kingdom. One, a rejection outright. The other two, just a verbal, superficial acknowledgement. But neither is true faith. There's nothing wrong with the seeds. The seeds are good. The seeds can produce life. 
But the enemy, Satan, fills our world with thorns to choke out the growth of faith even before it gets started. Think about how difficult it is to walk through a, a literal field of briars and thorns. As you try to walk, the sharp barbs grab your skin and clothing and they hold on to you. And the harder you attempt to pull away, the tighter and more painful the grip of the thorns. People in that day understood how difficult it was to walk through a field of thorns. And certainly how difficult it was to have any kind of harvest in a field of thorns. So as we sow in the field around us, we need to warn others of the strategy of the enemy and the many thorns he places in their daily paths that are designed to hold them and prevent them from finding God in His kingdom purpose for their lives. You know, we might not be able to do much about the thorns that are in this world. We certainly cannot alleviate all the suffering and the pain that people feel and experience. We can't... Get rid of all the thorns which prevent a person from having true faith. But we can encourage people to stay away from those things Satan puts before their eyes that would engulf them and enslave them. Because, friends, listen, your enemy, which is a spiritual enemy, Satan, that's much bigger and stronger than you are, he knows exactly what to put in your life to trap you. He wants to trap you. He wants to enslave you. Stay out of the thorns. Hard ground, rocky ground, thorny ground, but then good ground. And as we share the good news of Jesus in our world, many will be happy to hear it. Some won't, but many will. But only a few will be willing to commit their lives to it. Yet this is exactly what Jesus said was necessary for eternal life in His kingdom. It takes commitment to Jesus. A true Christian with true faith has a life that is committed to Jesus. Jesus said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But who will enter the kingdom of heaven? Could you read that with me? but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's faith. That's true faith. That's commitment. That's not just faith that brings you to church on a Sunday. That's faith that makes you a Christian seven days a week, 24 hours a day. When you're around other Christians and when you're around people that hate Christ, that's the kind of faith that's real, that will last. That's got roots in Jesus. That's the fruit of the good ground, seeds that grow and produce a harvest. In verse 8, but other, Jesus said, but others, seeds fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. You know, the people who heard Jesus talk about the sower and the seeds, they knew that a good harvest in Palestine was like one which yielded ten times the amount of seed sown. That was a lot. Ten times the amount of seed, and here's all this crop. Well, that was great. But to have a harvest of 30 times the amount of seed sown, that was rare. And a hundred times was unimaginable. But that's what Jesus said could happen when kingdom seeds are sown everywhere. Now let's get to the heart of this parable, and let's answer those questions we had at the beginning. Who is the sower, and what are the seeds? Now, I want you to notice that the disciples asked Jesus about parables. Why, why, Jesus, are you talking in parables? And I want you to look at what he said here. Verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered and said to his disciples, Because it has been given to you, to you who? To those who are following Jesus, who are committed to Jesus, His disciples. It has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, who they're not really following Jesus. They go live their own lives and do their own things. They just come to hear Jesus talk, but then they leave. Maybe come to get healed of something, but then go. 
But to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. So therefore I speak to them in parables because... Seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Now does this sound a little bit familiar, this what Jesus just said, they should because last week we looked at Isaiah's vision and these were the words God told Isaiah. God called, told Isaiah. He called Isaiah to go and proclaim his message of truth to a people who would not hear and receive it. They would purposely reject the word of the Lord and his offer of forgiveness because their hearts were dull or hard. That's hard ground, rocky ground, thorny ground. And yet Isaiah, who had heard and believed God's kingdom message, he would go and obey the word of God. He would fulfill God's kingdom purpose for his life, and he would leave the results up to the one who sent him. What did Isaiah do? He sowed. He didn't worry about the different types of ground. He just did what God told him. He just sowed. God had planted Isaiah in his time and his place, to deliver His kingdom message. And even though the results would be discouraging for Isaiah, Isaiah's faith in God and commitment to His kingdom purpose kept Isaiah faithful and growing. Folks, there's people that, I don't know, maybe you're here, maybe you're watching, and something has happened to you in your life, and at one time you were vibrant for Jesus, you loved Jesus, you told people, you were so excited, you were singing, or you were part of a small group, or you were going to Sunday school, or you were doing something, you were, you were in love with Jesus, and something happened, somebody disappointed you, somebody hurt your feelings, and now you just quit. You just quit. Well, Isaiah didn't. Isaiah didn't. He left the results up to God, and he just kept following God. Folks, you've got to decide. Are you going to serve man, or are you going to serve God? Serve God. Who are you sowing for? For man or for God? For God. We serve for the Lord. Life's filled with discouragement. You get discouraged as a Christian. Being a Christian is not rosy all the time, is it? What about it, Christian? Do you have good times all the time as a Christian? Don't those bad times come too? Discouraging times. But what do you do? You keep sowing for Jesus. Now, so what about us? Where are we here in Matthew 13? Well, Jesus gives us the explanation here. Verses 18 through 25. He said, Therefore hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That is he who receives seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy, yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and cares the cares of this world and deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. So here Jesus identifies the soil. It's those who hear the kingdom message and respond to it. That's the soil. For every three who hear it, there's a, one will reject it, two will ignore it or turn away from it, but one will receive it. Only one for all the effort of sowing and sowing and sowing. Only one out of, th- out of four. So the field or the ground is people, ears, hearts, minds, 
that have heard or seen the truth of God's kingdom. Many reject it, but some will receive it. Again, what of the sower and the seed? We have to look at another kingdom parable explanation. Verses 36 through 39. Let's see now who the sower is here. He, verse 36, Then Jesus sent the multitude away, and he went to the house. And his disciples came to him, saying, Explain to us the parable of the tares of the field. And he answered and said to them, this is it, He who sows the good seed is the Son of Man. Who's the sower? Jesus. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. The tares are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the reapers are the angels. Who is the sower? Jesus. Say Jesus. Jesus. Who's the sower? Jesus. What are the seeds? We are. We're the seeds. We are. Now we see the kingdom truth that sowing begins with the sower. Jesus is that sower. The divine sower who broadcasts his kingdom message of forgiveness and eternal life to every heart in the world. To those who will receive him and those who will not. The kingdom began with Jesus with His sacrificial death on the cross and His glorious resurrection. And He, the great sower, has planted His followers like seeds in the world for one purpose, to proclaim the gospel and produce kingdom fruit. Jesus said, the good seeds are the sons and daughters of the kingdom. That's us. The seeds are not words, the seeds are people. True believers, you and I and every person who has ever been saved by the grace of God. The divine sower has planted us in our world to produce kingdom fruit for Him. And what is our kingdom fruit? It is the same as the fruit of a wheat seed or an apple seed or any other seed. It's more seeds. Look at a sunflower. Beautiful sunflower. Would any, could anyone tell me what that dark mass is in the center of that sunflower? Seeds. What kind of seeds? Sunflower seeds. Where did all those seeds come from? From what? From one what? One seed. One seed produced all these seeds. When our Lord places us in this field, the world, to be seeds. He is in essence saying, you are the products of my grace and power, so you go tell these people around you about my goodness and offer of eternal life in my kingdom. Jesus says, produce for me. Grow for me and produce for me. Now that's kind of backward from what we think about this parable, because we think this parable starts with us, don't we? I mean, like it starts with us, like we're the sowers, you know, and like Isaiah and like Peter and those disciples, we've been sent to sow the gospel of the kingdom, but the issue is this, that even as we sow, it is still Jesus, the sower, who is sowing through us. That's why you have to have a personal relationship with Jesus to make any difference in His kingdom, for His kingdom, because He has to sow through you. When He speaks through us, that's where the power is. Before I got up here today, this morning, all I'm praying all morning, Lord, I don't want them to hear me. I don't have anything of interest to say. Let them hear you through me. That's where the power is. We can get up on a box. We can begin to shout Bible verses at people. But only the kingdom message sown in our hearts by our Savior, sown through our lips and our actions controlled by His Holy Spirit, that's when the Lord can draw some soil to Himself and turn good soil into kingdom seeds. 
Again, it starts with the sower, the divine sower. It starts with Jesus. It was Jesus who offered himself as a sacrifice, who gave up his life and planted his body on this earth so that that one seed planted in the earth could rise from the dead and give life to the world. And you grew because of it. Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, Unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain, many seeds. We are the grain, we are the seeds that grow into plants that produce more seeds for the kingdom, just like the sunflower. Think about it for a moment. How did you hear? How did you hear and believe the gospel of the kingdom? You heard it from someone. You heard the message of salvation from another Christian. From a seed, one seed, planted in you. That person who shared Jesus with you was that kingdom seed planted in your path to show you the way to the kingdom of God. And your heart was good soil. And when you received that word, you believed. And then Jesus, the Savior, came into your life. The sower planted His life in you and planted you in the life of someone else in his field so that he could speak his message of life through you. And in that way, you grew and began to produce for him, for a kingdom harvest. So who is, who is the sower? Tell me again, who is it? Jesus. And who are the seeds? We are. And what is our purpose? Our purpose is to be an instrument, a seed in the hand of Jesus. So He can put you, plant you in someone's life. And the more, we the more we follow His example and die to ourselves and abandon the rocks and thorns Satan wants to use to trap us, the more we can grow and produce kingdom fruit. The more we give ourselves to Jesus, the more He can use us to produce more and more kingdom seeds. Each of us should be so filled with Jesus and His power that we become like that sunflower, growing, producing seeds for the kingdom, dropping those kingdom seeds wherever we are. And in that way, we become sowers ourselves, partners with Jesus in the work of kingdom sowing, doing what we can to prepare hearts to receive the, the Savior's message. You see, Jesus, I want you to think about this for a minute. Jesus is the sower because around the whole world, Jesus is sowing seeds of the kingdom, the truth of His eternal life through faith in Him. He's sowing that everywhere. And who is He using? He's using you and I as He plants us in a certain place at a certain time, and He brings people into our presence and we into their presence for the opportunity to tell them just how much He loves them and how He died to save them. And you as a Christian will absolutely at some point in your life have that one opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus. And probably you will have many opportunities because the more you give of yourself to Jesus, the more you die to yourself, the more He can use you to grow and produce more seeds, more people for His kingdom. Now there was once a farmer who went to town to purchase seeds for his farm. And as he was returning home, from the seed store, the feed mill, one of the squash seeds he had purchased fell from his pocket onto the ground. And it happened that within a few feet there was another seed of a different type. The place where the two seeds lay was pretty good ground. And miraculously they took root. Well, after about a week, the squash seed showed signs of growth. The second seed showed none. After two weeks, the squash began to sprout leaves. The second seed showed none. After, after uh, seven weeks, the squash began to show fruit. The second seed still showed no progress. Four more weeks came and gone. The squash plant 
had produced a lot of squash and began to, you know, it reached the end of its life bearing fruit. And, but the other seed finally began to grow. Well, many years later, the squash plant was all but forgotten, but the other seed, a tiny acorn, had grown into a mighty oak tree. Many people want to see things happen in their faith like that squash. They want to experience it all right now. They want to do it their way as fast as they can and see results, but that's not God's kingdom plan. The end is not really now. The end is in the future when Jesus calls us home to His kingdom. It's a future harvest. He planted us here right now where we are and how quickly He uses us. It's all up to Him. Remember, it starts with the sower and who is the sower. And it's all up to Him, isn't it? It's all up to Him. All we can do now is pray, so grow, and leave the results up to God. Jesus knows what He's doing with your life, folks. He's put you at a particular time, particular place for His purpose, and sometimes you're going to see some kingdom growth kind of quickly. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes we're encouraged. Sometimes we're discouraged, wondering what God is waiting for. The point is this, just be where the Lord has planted you and do what you can to help others find Him. No matter how hard hearts around you might be, no matter how distracted people are with Satan's thorns and garbage, prayer, love, compassion, truth, and understanding are tools God can use to soften hearts and open them to the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus. The more we grow in our love for Jesus and our own faith in Him, the more He can use us to sow and grow His kingdom. Would you bow with me? It starts with Jesus. He gave everything for us. He gave everything for you. So that you could enter His kingdom. Now I want you to ask yourself this question. How much of my life is being used by Jesus to help others enter His kingdom? How much? Is it a little... Is it a lot? Is it none? That one sunflower, all those seeds came from one little seed. If your life is like that, how many people, because of you, because Jesus the sower used you, how many seeds, how many people are going to enter the kingdom of God? Because God... Because you were available, you just made yourself available. And Jesus used you. Is it, is it one? Is it ten? Is it a hundred? Is it zero? Jesus the sower wants you to partner with Him and sow kingdom seeds. He wants you to live your life to help others get into heaven. Isn't that the greatest thing? A sower went out to sow. Are you willing are you willing to sow? If, today, if you are, today you need to tell Jesus. You need to make that commitment to use every day He gives you as an opportunity to help others know Jesus. In whatever way He chooses, in whatever opportunity He gives you, you, a kingdom seed, be a kingdom sower. Will you? You don't have to make it happen. You just have to be ready to let Him put you, sow you, put you, plant you in that opportunity where you can talk to someone about your Savior. Maybe you realize your need for Jesus. He's not in your life. You're just playing games. You, you're just living and you're not even thinking about eternity. But that day's coming and you're going to meet God. And you're either going to get into His kingdom or not. If you don't have Jesus in your heart and life, you'll never make it. It starts with Jesus. Right now, 
Why don't you ask Jesus to come into your life and be your Savior? Now, you're going to, it's going to take a commitment. You're going to have to mean it. You can't just pray this prayer. You're going to have to start. You're going to have to change. You're going to have to ask God to take control of you and change your life so that you start doing the right thing instead of the wrong thing. But you, it can start today. Would you pray and ask Jesus to come into your life? Would you say, Dear Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you paid a terrible price. You suffered in agony. You shed your blood so that I could be forgiven. I've committed a lot of ugly things in my life, Jesus. I've done a lot of sinning. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. For all of them. I ask you to just wash me clean. And let me start over today with a new life. Today, Jesus, I accept you as my Savior. I commit my life to you. I will quit living for myself, and I'll quit living for the devil, and I'll quit living for other, other people. I'll live for you, Jesus. I'll follow you no matter what. Thank you, Jesus, for being my Savior. Boy, if you prayed that prayer, and you really meant it, and your heart was open. Jesus came in. And now you've got to get away from the thorns and the garbage of Satan that he's putting all around you. Get out of it and follow Jesus. If your salvation's real, you'll start following Jesus. Lord, thank you so much for uh, letting us hear the word. Your Holy Spirit has spoken to us. And God, you want us, you want this church, you want every Christian, you want us, Lord to bring others into your kingdom, to share the good news. God, I pray this week there'll be so many opportunities we have that every single day we'll have an opportunity to say something for you that we will not be ashamed of you. And Lord, I pray that give us opportunities and help us sow. I pray that you'll sow through us. In Jesus' name, amen. While we're singing, I'll be at the front to pray for you and talk to you if I can help you in any way. Stand with us as we sing without Him. Like a sheep.